0: Hello, uh, hi, hi. Hi. my name is uh, Bill Linenfelser, a uh, uh, very long-time member of the Zen Center, um, um, hanger-on. <laughs> I've been here a long, long time. <clears throat> I I heard, I heard John Sensei say one time that uh, the ZC gets the desperate ones. Uh, Those for whom life just seems to be a procession of highs and lows, disappointments, joys, spectacularly great moments, deep dark holes. Without a sense to it Arbitrary lonely and then as Roshi puts it we're all born with that ultimately fatal condition And so here we all are thank you very much for being here I was brought up a good Catholic boy I learned the entire ceremony of the Catholic Mass in Latin when I was 10 years old I knew my Baltimore catechism the do's and don'ts of the faith mass every Sunday holy days extra days just for good measure Catholic schooling through high school died in the wool Catholic junior grade so I'm sitting in religion class one day at Archbishop Molloy High School, grade 11. And I start thinking about all of these beliefs I've been taught for years. And I ask a simple question, Why, why do we believe this? The teacher hemmed and hawed, I kept probing, and finally he delivered the answer, we have faith. And that just caused an explosion in my head. We believe this because we believe us. An enormous edifice of faith floating without a foundation. That was an abrupt end to my involvement with Catholicism. I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in 1969 to study physics. RPI is not where you go to seek enlightenment. But most 18-year-olds have little understanding of what they're doing. It was simply the next stage of a well-worn path. And technical schools are not where you go to explore the wider world of understanding because the grind of courses just keeps budding scientists and engineers so consumed with difficult coursework, there's little time to do anything but. Sometimes, however, when the student is ready, the teacher arises. John Kohler was that first teacher for me. My Dharma uncle. His was a survey course of Oriental Philosophies. And when it came to Zen, Zen, He used Philip Kaplow's Three Pillars of Zen as a text. Dr. Kohler was someone who lived the spiritual path. He wasn't just delivering lectures. To a couple of us, he mentioned that there was a Zen center just down the road in Sharon Springs, New York. That was run by Richard Clark, a man who likewise exuded a deep connection with Zen practice. His Sharon Springs ZC was nominally an affiliate of the Rochester Zen Center, but he was also a renegade, though I did not understand this at the time. Nevertheless, he introduced me to serious and very painful Zen practice. A whole new vista had appeared I came to see how much delusion I had been mired in. Maybe it was the fundamental unquestioned assumption of separateness from all that was around me that was the root cause of unease with the world. A window had opened. In the meantime, I had started a career as a teacher of physics at the high school level. We were thrilled at the Sharon Springs Zen Center when Roshi Kaplow decided to visit with a couple of his senior students. We did not know until shortly thereafter that he had come to shut the operation down. Richard Clark was a very loose cannon for the very tradition-minded Roshi Kaplow. This was the first Zen disillusionment I experienced. Philip Capello was just shy of God to a very impressionable 20-something. I started to see, though, that Zen is practiced by real human beings. Zen was not free of human difficulty. Nevertheless, I arrived in Rochester the following year. Part of a great sloshing wave of 20-somethings to wash ashore at Arnold Park in the mid-70s. I recognize a few faces here from that that wave. And since Philip Kaplow is not accepting more students, Tony Packer became my teacher. But by the time of the early 80s, the rift between her and Kaplow became a final rupture. And I went with her to what was then called the Genesee Valley Zen Center. Talk about disillusionment. Was Zen no different than squabbling Christian sex, endlessly dividing over the particulars of practice? And as so often happens, life intervened. I married, my daughter was born, I changed careers, went back to graduate school. I still felt Buddhist culturally, but the practice withered away. I thought my involvement with Zen had run its course. It would be like that for 20 years. And then a new opening of a kind. Philip Kaplow died in 2004. An extraordinary man, but not a deva, just a man, gone. Just like I would be someday. Suddenly, the absolute necessity of Zen became clear. Great is the matter of birth and death. Now, over 50 years old, there was no question about it. To stay sane while still living, there had to be roots sent down no more I'm a cultural Buddhist, I had to follow the way. I started sitting again, started working with Bodhen Roshi, went to Sashin. A lot has happened since then especially the falling away of delusion, judging myself who is judging whom? What freedom when you start to understand that. Judging others? This is a lot harder. There is that same spark in the folks around me that's in myself. Relationships get deeper and easier. And maybe dropping the biggest delusion that I'm pursuing enlightenment. Just drop that. Completely. Excess baggage. What must be done? Chop wood. Carry water with gratitude to all of you.
1: All right, Bill.
0: What happens next, Truman?
1: Question and answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Plenty
2: of time. (laughs) So many questions. So, uh, Joe is
1: going to set up the. uh, uh, Bluetooth speaker here. This is
3: so that people online on Zoom can also ask questions. Uh, so we'll just take a couple of seconds to wait until that's all set up.
1: <clears throat> well Bill, I will say one thing. You now hold the record for the shortest
0: coming kind out of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> nine minutes and thirty seconds. I I, I was concerned I my wife Shay tends tells me that I tend to run on, so I was very very <laughs> conscious of, of keeping it brief and and to the point. So I I apologize if somebody was expecting there'd be uh, a little bit more to chew on, but uh, that that's it. I'm sure a lot of people here have very similar stories to tell, you know. Uh, 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 mine is um, one of many, I think, and uh, I, I think it's maybe a mistake that up to this point I haven't come to hear any others, so I really didn't know what this was like. I didn't know, you know whether or not I was supposed to run to, I don't know, how long did I go for?
1: Nine minutes and 30 seconds. Wow, man. <laughs> 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 so we can all go home.
0: Uh, <laughs> Um, so I, I just didn't know, but at any rate,
1: okay, actually for the time being, while Joe is still saying things, Oh, we're good to go. All right. But, um, so yeah, let's start with people in the, no, actually let's start with people on zoom. Let's get that a shot. Um, so GSI I know is on zoom right now. Are there any questions?
3: Hello? So if there's anyone that has a question or a comment, feel free to unmute. Oh, let me make sure you can unmute yourself. Um, feel free to unmute yourself and um, and then go ahead and speak up. Nobody yet,
1: Truman. All
2: right, let's do
0: it in the Zen though, then. I'm sure we have, oh, Wayne. So why do you practice now? Uh, like I said, uh, it's, you, you know, when you do have this upbringing as a good Catholic boy, all right, one of the real positives of it is that you come to understand that there's, there's a lot more that meets the eye you know it's not just going through the motions day to day to day to day there's something else there and and even if even if catholicism doesn't happen to be it for you it certainly wasn't for me you still have this this um understanding that there's there is something more to being alive here there's it's not just what meets the eye, it's not just what you think. I mean, you can read all kinds of books by rationalists who will talk to you about uh, how God doesn't exist, but nevertheless there's this wonderful world to explore and, and you know, yada yada yada. And uh, for some people that's enough, you know? Hey, it's quite a ride, you know? Um, not for me. Uh, there is, um, as I said, for me, it was driven by a lot of unease, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, well, certainly, you know, it's written right on the Han, right outside there, right there, and um, you have to make sense of that. I have to make sense of that, and this is how I start to make sense of it. But as I said, I, you know, I don't do this with a sense of. Well, I'm striving for enlightenment, you know, this is the goal. I mean, if you're an engineer, man, you, you really, <laughs> you've got goals in mind, you know, and Gantt charts and, you know, processes <laughs> and everything else, you know. But uh, I think one of the things I've come to understand is that if, you, if I just focus on my practice, mm-hmm. things tend to, it works. I think uh, Bowdoin Roshi said one time, if you're working, it's working. And, um, and I think that's, that's what keeps me going, Dwayne. I just, you know, I understand that things change in ways that I really profoundly don't understand, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I don't need to understand the mechanism behind all this, I don't, that's okay. Yes, Sensei.
1: So, Bill, we've got similar stories in a way, because I had a little vacation from the Zen Center, and mine was more like 15 years, so I bowed down to you. you
0: Having outlasted you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You did, you did. Um, when When I was separating myself from the center, you know, psychologically, you know, I, I felt a lot of relief. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm no longer on the hook for this impossible job that I signed up for. And uh, and at the same time, I realized, yeah, that's that's a little sus. That's a little suspect. Um, did you, you know, as you moved into, like, nor- one of the things that really struck me was, I like normal people. Um, <laughs> it was... Uh, I would come to the center, and there was an awful lot of self-conscious striving for enlightenment. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, imitating Roshi Kapo. You know, everybody wore berets because Roshi Kapho. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that that really clicked a button for me, and I said, "This was bullshit." You know, I just want to be a person, and I felt this sort of relief to just be okay. I'm going to be just going to be a person. Yeah. And I guess as things progressed and, uh, you know, all sorts of things happened with me, I suddenly became more of just a person and all of a sudden I realized I really want to practice that, you know, and I don't really care about what <clears throat> Oden Roshi thinks of me or Roshi Kapil thinks of me or what you think of me. Uh, not even really so much what I think of me because it's all you know, it's all the stuff that I'm trying to get underneath the past but it was, you know, it's really tricky when you, you know, when you sort of suddenly realize, okay wait a minute, the way I'm going about this is wrong it's so easy and I really saw that tendency in myself to start to focus on what's wrong with everybody else Mm -hmm. and you know, there was part of me that really wanted to be able to say you're all idiots I'm out of here (laughs) <laughs> and then be off the hook permanently, which seemed like that
0: would be a great, great deal. I don't know, <laughs> uh, for good Catholics like yourself, maybe it's hard to ever get off the hook permanently. Oh, 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 oh good Catholics are are uh, endlessly guilty and uh, are willing to find guilt in other people. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, that's almost an article of faith in it, you know, almost is. And uh, yeah, that's it's, that's quite something to overcome. Yeah, I think that you know, um, just being normal folks is um, an important realization. You know, really, what is it? I think this is maybe what you were talking about here—that uh, that really, what makes me different? What what position do I have to judge somebody else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a uh, that's quite a revelation, and I'm grateful to this place that it helped me to, to see that. I mean, most folks go through life endlessly judging everything, and boy, what a burden to carry. What a burden to carry. Yeah,
1: and you can never really train your guns only on other people, and you're going to shoot yourself,
0: too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Judgment goes everywhere. I guess that wasn't a question. It was more like a little mini dialogue, right?
1: Yeah.
2: public.
0: Jonathan. Um. I wanted to 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 circle back to your uh, departure from the the Catholic Church with uh, this
2: this faith issue. Mm. Because, you know, I experienced similar
0: things around the same age, you know, when I treaded into the water of agnosticism and then, you know, really stood my ground as an atheist. Mm. And, uh, mm. and I'm just wondering where you, you know, I know what it's like when I'm in Sashin. There's a, there's a little bit of doubt creeps in every
2: now and then mm-hmm. for, for a lot of it. <laughs> and uh, you, mean,
0: you mean doubt about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and that I circle back to faith. Uh, and I'm curious what your experience of faith is now compared to what it you know, that's what took you away from the Catholic Church. Uh, what's
2: your experience of faith now?
0: That That's a really good question. That's why I asked it. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could count on you to ask a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, You know, know, one thing they don't teach you, okay, the, the Catholic Church studiously avoids, okay, is where all these tenets of faith come from, okay? And if you start to dig in a little bit, you come to understand that, you know, about 300 years after Christ was dead, okay, a whole bunch of church elders came together in the Council of Nicaea, and they put the whole thing together, okay? And that's what you believe. That's what's in the Baltimore Catechism, you know? Who is God? Well, there's question number one. There's an answer right there. Okay, and uh, and that's what you believe, and that's what I meant about this edifice. This and, and it's grown since then. It's it's gotten to be enormous, and that's a that's one kind of faith. Okay, believing stuff uh, that other people just believe. That that that's for me. That's all it was. But the faith that I have today. Uh, and, and this was, was said to me here at the Zen Center. It made, well, being an engineer, it had to make sense, all right? And, and what was said to me was, just have faith that this works. There are enough people who have experienced this over the course of millennia. Yeah, this works. Just have faith in that. That's all. So when you're sitting here doing sashin, And your legs are feeling terrible, and your mind is just a blender, okay, of thoughts coming and going, whirring around. You just just let go of it. Okay, this is is what's happening right now. It's here for now, and you know what? I know something else. It's going to be gone in a little while, too. So I'm not going to pay any attention to it. Yeah, I've got some doubts about what it is that I'm doing, but you know what? I, I really do believe that the experience of so many in the past, the experience of those living today, is, is meaningful. And um, I don't know if properly that's something you call faith, but it's more a confidence, I guess, in the experience of people. You know, the other thing, too, of course, I mean, you look at Buddhism. I mean, my God, you you talk about an accretion of faith and, I mean, all these gods and, you know, everything else. And you can get hung up on that, too. I mean, it's just, but I don't care about that. In fact, I think generally in Zen, and please, senseis, correct me if I'm wrong here, we don't pay attention to that stuff, okay? We don't do that. So faith, yeah, it depends upon what you have faith in. I have faith in, it, in the experience of people who have um, led extraordinary lives. That's what I have faith in. James.
4: Thanks for being here, Bill. You mentioned uh, three teachers Richard Clark and...
0: Uh, Tony uh, Packer? So
4: Tony Packer and, and Bobby Rush. What What was the difference? Was one of them right?
0: One of them, right? Mm-hmm.
4: They, they what do you mean? They each said, That's how I do it. Then, uh, let's see, then, then Roshi capitalized and you're out. <laughs> that's how I do it. And oh, oh. the way. Then Bowden Roshi comes in. This is how I do it. Uh, you state you with it. Well, can you, with, with...
3: can you repeat the question? We've heard all the rest, but oh. we haven't. It was James. It wasn't clear.
4: There were three teachers that um, were mentioned by Bill. He mentioned Richard Clark, um, Tony Richard Packer, Tony Packer, and uh, And uh, what was what was the difference? Was one of them
0: right? Well. <laughs> That'd be one of those judgment things, wouldn't it, James? (laughs) (laughs) Who was right and not so right? What do you mean right for me? Is that what you're asking?
4: No, just right right so that they should have a center.
0: Uh, Each one of them had... uh, And again, you know, man, I was like 20, 25 years old, okay? yeah.
4: yeah. So what
0: the hell did I know, really? Mm -hmm. You know? This person seems to know what he's talking about. Okay, I'll, you know... So and, each of them had
4: the... I, I like what you mentioned about the spark that is in each of
0: us. Yeah, yeah. And and, 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 and you, I think you remember Philip Kaplow from many oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's difficult to forget. And, and uh, you know, uh, this was a man who uh, projected a sense of he's done it, man. He's, you know, he's... He's <laughs> I think this is Martin Luther King now coming out. He's been to the promised land, you know. <laughs> and you want to go where he is. And he very much projected that, that sense. And he was he was older than my father, and so there was also that great sense of authority he, he projected. He, what sense? He, he he was older than my father and so oh, he I
4: thought you said he
0: rejected it. No, and he projected oh, this projected. authority. Yeah that was, uh, you know, you know, yeah, very much so. And so, uh, and that was, that was something, I mean, every one of these people I met, uh, had something of them. I mean, John Kohler, for example, this is my Dharma uncle. I refer to him, you know, I, and I, I gotta tell you, I feel bad that it took me 40 years to thank him for having, having started me on the path.
4: When
0: you did Yeah, I did it. I thanked him. Finally. My God. Does it take that long? But I thanked him. Because, it, it, as I said, he wasn't just delivering lectures. He, he, he had a spark in him. He had actually gone to uh, Sashin with Yasutani Roshi in Hawaii. I mean, we're talking about, like, you know, the 1960s he did this. So he, too, had this quality about him. Richard Clark had that quality about him. Certainly Philip Kaplow had this quality about him. Tony Packer, for those of you who remember Tony Packer, a wonderful teacher, really. Very different, a very different um, uh, aspect than Philip Kaplow, more gentle, not, (laughs) I mean, Philip Caplow cultivated a, uh, well, a cult, really, and it was, um, it was pretty harsh. It was a harsh environment here back in the 1970s. Was that your sense, uh, Sensei?
1: You know, I ducked out before it got really uh,
0: harsh. Really got, okay.
1: You know, absolutely, I got blasted by a roshi, cheap capital. Yeah.
0: But, you know, I just don't know, whatever. And yeah, I know.
1: That affected by it, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was just because so much emphasis was put on coming to awakening. Yeah. And because... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I may have been close, but I haven't sealed the deal. You know, I was continually feeling inadequate, and uh, and and also I was just looking, and this is just too hard. Is how it felt at the time. Yeah. And you know, it's just Roshi Kapo probably wasn't the ideal teacher for me. Mm -hmm. He was. He he did what worked so well for him, and he brought what worked well in Japan, and for some people it was great. Mm -hmm. Did tremendous things by getting the center going. He did. And, and it's evolved in a different way. Bowden Roshi, you know, really different, but still, you know, pretty strong guy.
0: Yeah. And oh, yeah. Definitely,
1: you know, really encouraging. But I was able to work with Boden, um much more easily. Yeah. 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 And, and things went much
0: better. Yeah, I was greatly relieved when I came back here um, after Philip Kaplow's death. Because boy, it was clear that uh, the atmosphere had really changed, and uh, was far more conducive for me. Uh, you know, especially when you're in your 50s, you're not you're not going to do boot camp anymore. I mean, it's you're, you're way beyond that, and that's what that's what Zen Center was like in the 1970s for me at least. It was it was boot camp. It was you know, uh, the the, the what, what's that. What's that saying the Marines have got, you know? The few, the proud, you know? This, this. You make it through this place, and hey, something to be proud of, you know? Um, so it was, it was great to come back uh, and to work with Boden Roshi. It really was, it really was. Uh, oh, yeah, I... um yes, it online
2: if online? Yeah, a go,
4: go ahead, online.
3: Um, I, just, I just wanted to interject something with respect to Roshi Kaplow, uh, having been a student of him for many years, and also having been very close to Roshi Kaplow, uh, I would I would disagree that Roshi Kaplow um, cultivated a cult. I, I never saw that. I think Roshi Kaplow had a um, he had a natural charm that arose out of his understanding of Zen, as, as well as his personality, and his, his refined personality over many years of training. Um, and people flocked to him all the time, mm-hmm. and this, this was despite the fact that uh, Roshi, uh, as people here who, who experienced uh, working with him know, that he he could be very hard, he could be very difficult. Um, but uh, there, there was nothing cultish about Roshi Capital per se. He didn't he didn't he didn't attempt to create a cult. It was rather that people were attracted to him just naturally. It was a it was a natural charm without him. Attempting to draw people to him, he wasn't trying to. I never, saw, I never saw that at all. And I spent a lot of time with him both in uh, summer and in Florida later on. Um, so I just wanted people to understand that um, he was hard, uh, He was a hard teacher. Um, but, but actually, in retrospect, one other thing I'm going to say is that he had very few flaws. Uh, in my perspective, in my perspective, in my experience, the one flaw. That he had that sort of split out was that he could be insensitive to people. He could be insensitive. But, but other than that, um, other than that, maybe once or twice I saw him get angry, and that was very, very rare and very sure that. But, but otherwise, he uh, he certainly lived up to the, the best aspects of the wood armor, as, 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 at least as I understand it.
0: Thank you for that. Thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks, Peter. Peter Brulich. uh,
0: uh Dwayne?
2: Yeah, I'd like to say something about uh, Roshi Kablo. also. Um, I learned that uh, the rules and restrictions here were there to give a context in which to break the rules. Um, I had a makyo on the second day of the Sashin one time, which I heard uh, an encouragement talk that my mind amounted to, all right, it's time for you guys to start working, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I just blew it, Mm -hmm. and um, I went to uh, Bowdoin and said, uh, I'm leaving, Uh, this was uh, when Bill Kaplow was was still in charge, Uh, and we were having Sashim here, and Boden tried to talk me out of it uh, to no avail and, and I had left. Um, and uh, I sat the rest of the session at my own home, the, the schedule. And when um, scheduled, when the session was ended, I was in the, in the foyer um, waiting for an opportunity to speak to Roshi. And when he appeared, I said, uh, I've come to apologize for leaving. Um, and at that time, the rule was, if you leave a session, you don't go to any more sashim. Mm-hmm. And he said, come see me Monday.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I did. And he asked what happened, and I explained what I had done. Audrey Fernandez had been a great ally, mm-hmm. and a... Uh, 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 true Dharma mother, um, to help me understand what was going on in my mind, and he says, okay, alright, well you do this, every day I want you to do something that somebody asks you to do that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. and there was no question at all about me coming to
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Ben. I appreciate your acknowledgement of um, the pain we um,
1: often experience as new practitioners. Uh, uh, Sorry, Ben, just raise your voice just a little bit. Yes, right. Thank you. Right, I was just gonna say, yeah, as new practitioners, we I <laughs> think yeah. universally have experienced
0: pain, mm-hmm. pain, and uh, we, I was hoping you could um, speak on like um, how you've um, you know worked through this the struggle of that with finding your practice as a new practitioner. Well, well, uh, you know, um, <coughs> uh, I had o- I've always been pretty stubborn, and so. Uh, when I was in my 20s, for example, I just, you know, I just sat through, I mean, really excruciating pain, you know, especially in the legs. It was just, it, it, it was bad, man. It really was. And then, uh, you know, on top of that, of course, your mind just starts reeling as you're trying to escape all this. And, and uh, it's it's a real horror show. I mean, it's sashims can be, especially when you're a newcomer, it can be really, really hard. Um, but, but certainly one of the things I discover, discovered, I mean, it's not, this is not new to people who have been around the practice for a while. Certainly make sure you're physically comfortable, okay? And don't do things to yourself that add to the difficulty, the physical difficulty of doing it. I'm not a very flexible person, okay? Sitting cross-legged for me, every time I sat cross-legged, every time for decades, my leg fell asleep. You know, after a while, it, this, this, you know, I'm not particularly fast sometimes, after a while it occurred to me, don't do that, Bill. Okay? <laughs> don't do that. Do something different. Okay, And I started sitting SESA, and guess what? All of a sudden, that pain in my legs went away, and my practice dropped down to a, a deeper level as a result of that. It was, it was, a, big, uh, it was a big help to, to just change my posture, just do something different. And I'd encourage anybody who's starting off, just, you know, find what works for you. Who knows, maybe someday you'll be sitting cross-legged, but to just start off like that, uh, sit Quarter Lotus or something like that uh, on a Zafu and nothing else, uh, <clears throat> yeah, That—that's that's setting a very high bar, okay, initially. And uh, it, it, it's probably experiment a little bit, you know. Try the things that... Uh, to find out what works for you. Uh, I you know, I think it's I think that's very uh, very helpful to, to do something like that. And then and then of course what really happens there then is that your mind starts to quiet down too and that's the mm-hmm. big benefit of it. Now suddenly you you haven't got this screaming uh, body to deal with. You know, now you can start to really focus. I mean there's a lot of other stuff to deal with of course. Right. But um, at least you don't have that. At least you don't have that. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, thank you, Ben. All
1: right, maybe just one more question and then we'll wrap it up.
0: Sure. Hi, uh, Jerry.
5: It's interesting. We have similar histories in the sense that I think I've, this is my fourth time I've returned to the center.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you
5: know, the first time I was I was with Cap Lowe. Uh, as the teacher, and I don't know, something, I just felt so intimidated I left, Mm -hmm. and uh, I came back later and uh, tried it again, Uh, so something was attracting me to this, Mm -hmm. and uh, I stayed again for a short period of time, and (laughs) got married, and two wonderful children, and I was really absent because I wanted to be a father, and then came back, left, came back. (laughs) So here I am. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it's interesting how similar our stories are too because, uh, you know, and, I, and right now I have this thing, is, is it the teacher? I mean, the teacher is a wonderful guide and it's been, for me, incredibly helpful. But when I became a student of, of Bowdoin Roshi, uh, he mentioned that uh, he was kind of the finger that pointed the way, but I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, okay, how important, really important is the teacher? because mm-hmm. the responsibility is on me, mm-hmm. and uh, so at any rate, uh, yeah, and this and the, the, this practice does require faith, and uh, even even the doubt to me is part of the faith now, um, and uh, I don't understand it, and uh, you know, um, I don't know, it's, I think it's just where I am now. I'm just, Kind of taking a break now, and mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't stopped sitting. Yeah. I'm still, in, in a way, I'm still here, even yeah. though my body is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's really amazing how similar our stories are. Um,
0: in terms of. You, you know, Jerry, we're, we're just ordinary guys, okay? are just it. <laughs> ordinary guys.
5: Yeah, yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. Truman, is it time to pull the plug or?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, timer? Yeah, there you go.
2: All right, Scott, Ready?